0: And, uh, and, uh, we, <laughs> we, uh, didn't understand what was going on, but steering with the sails, we actually managed to jibe the boat and get her headed back out again. All the time, too much sail, wind increasing, we tacked again, jibed again, uh, uh, by, by steering with the sails, and, uh, at, at one point, uh, uh, I realized that Bruce still couldn't steer, but that we were into water deep enough to put the rudder down more. So I jumped to the rudder control lines and was actually able to pull the rudder down full. The, 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 the water under us by this time was about four feet deep, but we looked back and we could see a long, very muddy trail on the surface from where we had dragged the boat through this gush and this grass, we didn't hear any banging. It, it seemed to us that we had not damaged the boat. We were just dragging it over this very soft bottom. Right. But, uh, uh, we were literally corkscrewing our way downwind into deeper water and finally got the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the rudder down to the point where Bruce could steer, and we could see in and drive the boat out, out, out into clear water. It was a just a, a tremendous feeling of accomplishment um, when we, uh, when we were uh, finally realizing we were we were going to make it off of the bottom. But at that point, uh, the wind increased to the point where we had to slack the. The, uh, the, the, the sheet, the Genoa sheet particularly, and the sail was flogging violently. It got itself wrapped up around one of the lifeline stanchions, and Joe jumped out there and managed to, uh, to get it untangled. But at that point, the sheet was able to hook itself under one of the dinghy seats we had made the great mistake of stowing the dinghy right side up because the conditions had been calm the day before. And so the sheet was able to fog in underneath the dinghy sheet and pick the boat up and drag it halfway up onto the cabin.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: So we had, uh, uh, you know, another circus going <laughs> on. <laughs> and um, uh, at that point, we realized we just had to somehow get the Genoa under control and uh, I realized. Uh, well, Joe went up there. Uh, 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 Bruce was on the helm all this time, shouting orders. And uh, Joe went up there, and uh, on the bow, and tried to uh, figure out how to untangle this incredible mess, cat's cradle we had uh, at the furling drum. And I realized that in order to get it untangled, he had to have the whole thing. That is, we we took the pulling end of the furling line free in the cockpit. Balled it all up, got it up to him where he was able to pass it as a ball around and around and around the headstay uh, turnbuckle in order to get it uh, to the to the point where uh, we could uh, then start wrapping it around the drum properly. We got it wrapped around the drum, back led back into the cockpit. And we hauled in on that baby and, we're manna- and finally managed to get the Genoa under control. Oh wow. Got it furled up most of the way, used it, uh, reefed, and, uh, and started, uh, <laughs> well, uh, we, we got her out into free water anyway, and, uh, it was, uh, uh, just a tremendous relief. I think probably the most frantic fandango that had ever gone on aboard saw, and all the years I've had her, I, I, I've never been uh, in, into uh, a predicament where there was, uh, it was such a circus, Joe.
1: <laughs> well, i tell you what, I, it makes me feel better that you guys, all ex, all very experienced sailors, uh, it, 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 it makes me feel not so bad when I do something silly on my boat, right? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: That's it. Uh, Sailing can be very humbling. Uh, You know, you realize what a a dumb bunny you have been to let anything go that uh, really should be done in order to be seaman like such as stowing the dinghy right side up.
1: Well, um, the other thing that I have, the other thought that I have, Jim, is um, one of the things I always try and be conscious of when I'm on the water. uh, you, You said something to me one time about about the importance of being in the moment and, and, and being aware, trying to be aware of what's going on. You know, there's, there's, there's a, it's one of the joys of sailing for me is you've got all these things going on at once and normally I can't, I, I'm not a guy that can focus on doing more than one thing at a time, but with sailing, you're conscious of the water, you're conscious of the wind, you're conscious, conscious of the sheet, you're conscious of the sail, you're conscious of, um, you know, uh, so many of the elements that are converging all together to bring you into this experience that you're having at this particular moment in time, and you're trying to get a feel for it. It's, it's, as, much as, it's as much as having a feel for things as it is, as it is trying to logically understand what's going on. And and so there's all these things going on, and you're trying to be in tune with it, but it, things can go so wrong so quickly, and that that's a little bit of the scary part of sailing. That you know you can you think you're in control, but something can happen in an instant to make you realize you know you're you're not really in control.
0: Well, well one of the real skills of, of seamanship is for the uh, uh, the, the sailor to. Uh, anticipate what can be done in the event of something unexpected coming up. That is, what are the alternatives? Uh, what, what is the what? What's the way out? And and uh, we were just extremely fortunate at this time that we weren't in a rocky or a coral bottom. Uh, we might very well have lost a boat in that in, in a situation like that. You know, just torn the bottom out of her on rocks. Right or coral or, you know, submerged pilings or something that we couldn't even see. Mm. Uh, It was an extremely fortunate uh, situation in in that uh, we were able to learn from it without damaging ourselves or the boat. Nobody really got hurt. Joe got slapped in the face by the sheet during the flogging episode and uh Bruce and all uh, Bruce and I all had very sore hands and feet from yanking on things you know to try to get it, get it under control but um that's that's true being 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 in the moment is what sailing does for you, particularly when you get into a circus situation like that you're oh, not man. thinking about anything else right so. right
1: <laughs> yeah Just, what do we do <laughs> yeah you're trying to manage the sheer terror of what's going on with, with trying to f- work your mind of, to, to come up with a solution to stop the problem, you know?
0: Well, uh, we were really fortunate also to have uh, three guys who knew something about sailing. I thought about the poor guy who had bought the boat. I mean, he had no sailing background whatever. He was completely romanced by the idea of owning a classic old wooden monohull, sort of like... Like owning an old Stearman or a Jenny biplane or something, you know? Right. And, uh, and he, he just, uh, poor guy just didn't have a chance. And, uh, so the, the future of the boat, uh, well, uh, let me explain that from Sandy Key, we went on out and uh, stopped the next night at a place called Shark River and then, uh, started up the, the west coast of Florida headed for Venice where Bruce has a friend, and uh, we got close just after dark, and in the inlet that we were able to make there was uh, was not sufficiently well-lighted for us to be willing to take the chance to go in. Uh, uh, Bruce ri- wisely decided, no, we're not going in there, we're going to spend the night at sea, so we went bouncing offshore, Till all of the lights uh disappeared and uh, turned around and went bouncing back and uh and uh, and at uh just after dawn we were able to get into I can't remember the name of the inlet that it's at the southern end of the Venice area and uh uh turns out that Bruce has a friend in in Venice who has a house on the water there a guy named uh, Mike who's an old windsurfing buddy of of Bruce's, and he had told us to to come to his place and given Bruce directions. And Bruce followed the directions. We went in there and and uh, 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 found the place tied up at the dock. And we were just getting our spring lines and fenders in place and all that stuff when a woman stepped out of the house on the balcony above and looked down and said, "Is there any problem? Can I help?" <laughs> <laughs> and we said, uh, "Is this Mark's place?" And well, no, not. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we used to keep our cabin cruiser there and I sort of miss it. You can leave it there if you want to. <laughs> wow. So, we had to get on the phone and, uh, uh, find, uh, Mike's place and, oh man, at that point we had, ah, breakfast and hot showers. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, went off to, had, had a great dinner that night with Mike and, and, uh, the, uh, the boat has since uh, made it up to uh, La Belle, Florida, at the Bellahatchie Marine place that we call Wayne's World. Um, it's a boatyard boat that specializes in, in multi-hulls, and uh, Bruce is, as we speak, he's uh, putting her to bed for the summer, and uh, we intend to go back in the fall and continue with uh, uh, some uh, refurbs. And uh, he wants to take the boat to the Bahamas and perhaps to Cuba this coming winter. He wants to retain it in his uh, his own his ownership for the next three years or so. Um, <clears throat> but in that time, uh, we are looking for someone who will be qualified to take her over. Uh, we need somebody who knows how to work with wood and epoxy. This is a classic old boat and believe me she's she's got a lot of beauty in her um so i i must say that on our last day sailing up toward uh uh, fort myers um that uh i had a, a seance with that boat that was uh took me closer to her than perhaps ever i began to realize that you know i'm i'm uh Picking off my eighties, I may never get a chance to sail in that boat again. But uh I I found myself loving her very much. And uh I could I could recall the entire trip that I've taken with her, laying out the first sheet of drafting mylar, setting down her lines and spending a year completing her plans and then spending three years building her, every stick. And then uh, my family and I spending, uh, you know, some 40 years using her, uh, not continually, but uh, a lot. You know, she's been around from from uh, the, uh, the California seaboard through Panama and a bit of South America and up as far as Nova Scotia and back down to Cuba and all that stuff. Um, a, a, a real fixture, and I felt myself to be the, 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 the life force in the boat, even though it was made of stuff, primarily made of stuff that has once lived. I don't think I could ever develop a feeling like that for a boat that was not made out of wood. Uh, I've had other boats, I've sailed and lived in other boats made of metal and plastic, and I, I don't think it's possible to, to develop the, uh, the, uh, the feeling of al- almost a, a divine uh, connection with one's vessel, uh, uh, unless it's uh, uh, made out of something that uh, is is, a, is a natural fiber. Uh, even if it was a, a reed raft, I think you could, you'd feel better about it than if it was a, you know, an aluminum canoe or something. Mm. So uh, uh I uh, I must say say thanks to uh, a guy named Justin who uh uh was the uh proprietor at a at a Honda dealership in uh, in Homestead who performed miracles to get the engine running again because the previous owner had lost the key. Oh wow. Uh, we were able to take the control box apart after weeks of waiting on a on a, a, a locksmith and all of that stuff, uh, Bruce finally threw up his hands. We took the control box apart and took the tumbler, the actual ignition lock, out. Labeled the wires. Took it into this guy Justin, and uh, and he managed to find another one that belonged to another boat with a 200 horsepower motor. That, uh, was in there for repairs. It would be there long enough for him to order another ignition lock for that boat. He gave us the one out of that boat, took it back, and Bruce plugged it in, made it work. And then, uh, uh, this guy, Mike, that helped us out so much in Venice, and then, uh, uh, our friends, uh, uh, uh Val Cox and, and his, and, uh, and his, his lady, Pam, who, uh, Arranged all of the transportation for us uh, to get the vehicles back to where the boat was and to get me to the airport and home just the other day. Um, you know we had help from a lot of people and and uh, i I look back on the whole uh, uh, caper at Sandy Key <laughs> as uh, as being uh, uh, you, you know, ma- making my, my time with Scrimshaw r- erotic complete, it was, uh, it was just perfect. The whole thing was
1: great. Well, Jim, that is a great story, and there's a lot to digest there, and there's a lot to enjoy in that and savor. And so uh, we as the listeners um, really enjoy it, and um, uh, we thank you for sharing that with us, and we hope to hear a few more stories from you here in coming weeks.
0: Well, okay, uh, Joe. Uh, I understand that uh, that people want to hear how-to information, not just stories. And uh, so, what I've what I've tried to do today is, <laughs> you know, raise the red flag about doing things wrong. Things can really add up on you at times. When there, when something goes wrong, it almost never is just one thing. You know, it'll be one thing that goes wrong and that causes another thing to go wrong and the next thing you know man, you are out of control and uh, one, one, one must anticipate that sort of thing when undertaking the, the whole seafaring venture uh, it, it's uh, very learning very humbling very authentic it's, it's, uh, it's so extremely real that it can be contrasted with Arthur Piver used to call the organization world in which we normally live. And I think that's the attraction myself, is to get down to a level of reality that uh, we don't often have a chance to
1: experience. Jim, that, that's, that is a great thought. Um, it's, a, it's a thought that um, reflects of uh, the adventure and the authenticity uh, in life that so many of us crave and we don't often get to experience uh, on that level. And you, like you said, it's just one attraction for sailing that um, that in many times is unspoken, but it's really there and it's underneath the surface. It's kind of embedded in our souls. And so uh, thank you for sharing that with us today uh, as, as all of that is wrapped up in that great story. Oh, well, okay, so hey, hey, thanks for giving me the the
0: opportunity to shoot my mouth off again. <laughs> bye, <Bye-bye>. bye. <laughs> so long.